Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave with Grace the cat, Moose the dog, and our audio engineer, Tim. And uh, today we're discussing the book, The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. So this is an interesting, interesting read. It's very suspenseful. Um, So we have 23-year-old Jane, who's had a hard life. She's been in and out of foster care most of her life. Uh, She's running from her past. And when we meet her, she's she's ended up in um, Alabama in a well-to-do community, and she's a dog walker. And so she walks all of these wealthy women's dogs. And so she's taking one on a walk one day, and she almost gets run over by um, a man who lives in the community. His name is Eddie. And he's uh, a recent, I guess you could say, widower. Yep. His wife has gone missing and is presumed dead in about six months ago. So uh, she strikes up a relationship with Eddie. And... During that relationship, she kind of realizes that not only does she have secrets, but the community has secrets, too. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, without giving anything away. And so uh, this is the story of that little community and everything you don't know that's going on in the neighborhood, right? Yes. So, yeah. Good that's, summary. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we did not spoil anything. Good nope, job. No, we did not. Yes. So uh, because this book took place in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, we did our usual in-depth research. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a cocktail. Yes. And uh, came to Alabama Slammers with Southern Comfort. I've never heard of that drink before, by the way. Oh, um, I can't. Re- oh, you know, honestly, do you know where I've heard it referred to and where it, like why it was in my head? Well, it's from the movie Cocktail. Do you remember oh, that movie? I do remember that movie, okay, but so t- I would never have remembered any drink in there. Tom Cruise's character was really good at like making up poems on the spot, and I can hear him saying something like Alabama Slammers were in one of his poems, and oh, I can like okay. I have a weird memory for stuff like that, so I could hear it in my head in his like southern <laughs> fake southern accent. Um, but it's it's good. It's very sweet. This is um, it's an ounce of Southern Comfort, an ounce of Slow Gin. An ounce of amaretto and two ounces of orange juice, shake it over ice, and then served on ice. And we got that recipe from liquor.com. It's our go to. It's our go to. um, And it's good. I wouldn't let this drink get warm, though. No. uh, I feel like it would thicken. Yeah. Yeah. The slow gin is is like a, it's a liqueur. Liqueur? How do you say it? I don't have any clue. You're asking the wrong person. I'm going to go with liqueur then. Liqueur. 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 All right. The audio engineer says liqueur, so that's what we're going with. (laughs) And it's, um, it's, it's like, it's real thick. It's very syrupy. And so it does add a little oomph to the drink. But, um, they're, yeah, they're very sweet. Mm -hmm. But good. It, um, it feels Mm. like a pool drink. Holy mother of poor. Yes. Audio engineer, (laughs) what are you drinking today? Bourbon. There we go. <laughs> Just straight up bourbon. <laughs> Which um, a lot of the male characters in this book indulged in like a little too much. So yes. Uh, so Tim's right in on the on the theme for the book. <laughs> Detroit City Distillery. I'm drinking local. Oh, nice. Good. Okay. So Alabama Slammers 
with Southern Comfort as sort of <laughs> in honor of Southern manners. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> the company in the book. Yes. So, and uh, guys, as a little extra treat, we are enjoying um, Kelly's lemonade cake, which mm. is very good. Um, I, oh, good. Tim's is gone. I was like, mine is almost <laughs> oh, gone. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I was like, mine's almost gone already. But it's, uh, it's very tasty. So we're having a, a nice little treat on a kind of a gloomy day here, but mm-hmm. uh, everything's bright. I kind nice. of thought that lemonade went with the southern theme. Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So anyway, okay. So um, before we get into our spoilery discussion of this book, what are you reading now? So I am working my way through the uh, Paradise series by Ellen Hildebrand. Mm. What do you think so far? I do like it. I'm kind of like, I sped through the first one, like, you know, and then the second one, I just don't have time to read, but I do like it. And of course, now St. John is on my bucket list. Yeah. Just like Nantucket. But you know, one of these days. Have you been watching her Instagram stories? Because I have. In St. John yes, right now. Yeah. yes, yes, or yes, on yes. St. John. Yes, looks gorgeous. Yes, mm-hmm. they're they recovered a lot from the hurricane. It looks like, and so that's good that they're getting tourists back. So okay, so the Paradise trilogy. Yep. All right, I just picked up the Invisible Life of Addie Larue. I've heard that. Um, it's coming highly recommended by a few people who's opinions I value. It's science fiction, which I don't do a lot of, so I'll be Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and it's pretty like it's a pretty hefty book. <laughs> oh. So I but I read the first couple of chapters just yesterday and um it it already feels a little bit like Una out of order, but I don't oh, think really? that's how it's going to stay. Okay. Cuz it there has to it has to do with her birthday and things changing and whatever. But where Una's jumping around in time, mm-hmm. I think Addie, I think Addie's just like going to live forever, but no one remembers her. Oh. So it's a little different, but it is that has that like time element to hmm. it. So, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm only like two chapters in, right. but that's, that's the feeling I'm getting. Um, I finished The Art of Asking for my neighborhood book club, which is an older title. Um, we hadn't done nonfiction for that group in a while, so we did that. And um, I also just checked out the audio version of Ghost Bride, which I'll be reading for my next book club. And that, um, I've, as I checked out the book, I discovered that it's also a Netflix series. <laughs> really? <laughs> so okay. So maybe after I read the book, I will check out the video or check out the the series. So I feel like that's a lot actually right now because I don't it feel like I'm getting lot. through any of my books. I know. I, I just, just I haven't yeah. had time. I honestly, I'm still like, I, and I think I told you this at the beginning, like of lockdown and COVID. I just couldn't focus on anything. And still, if a book is not like, it's not catching me in those first like twenty pages, I just don't care, which is bad. I usually get books a hundred pages. Oh, but I just yeah, and, no. and so I'm. But I'm making note of the things I'm putting back because maybe like maybe later I'll be able to read them. Maybe it's just not right now. <laughs> right. So. I feel like every time, like, you know, when you're on Goodreads and you put books on Goodreads and your to-read list, I, I never go back and read them. I Never. I'm really bad about updating ever, Goodreads. ever gone back to read a book that I put on my to-read list? Oh, <laughs> I have. Never. But I tend to, like, do my books in, like, waves of 30 on, on Goodreads. Oh. Like, I, I don't do it for a really long time, and then I go back and do them all, so. Oh, yeah, no. Mm-mm. So for you want to talk about what we're going to do next time in case anyone has to press pause to finish The Wife Upstairs. Yes. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. So uh, 
for next time, we decided we're going to do cookbooks. We're going for a theme instead of a specific book. Yep. So I picked out a couple cookbooks. Mm -hmm. Mine um, is The Art of Cake, because I love cake. And the other one is uh, Basic Bitchin'. Okay. So um, I'm going to look at those. And so what we kind of decided is we'd peruse through those, make a couple recipes from those cookbooks, and then bring our favorites back to we won't be cooking live no <laughs> i think we learned our lesson hard enough. two maybe with the cocktails but um <laughs> yeah no we won't be cooking live so but we'll um we'll go through the the cookbooks we'll give you guys an idea of like how difficult were the recipes how clear was the writing were there any good stories behind the stuff that they're making um i'm going to do um milk street tuesday night because I like the idea of, like, I think these are quick, like, weeknight recipes, mm-hmm. and which I'm always looking for more of, and plants-only kitchen. So I'm going to be bringing a vegan sample of something to okay. to our to our session. So uh, I know, I know, I need to put more vegetables in my diet. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to see try where I can... and stay away from kale. <laughs> oh, you don't like kale? No, I don't. Okay, depends on how it is. Like how okay. it's cooked or how, you know, depends on how it's used. Yes. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it can be very dirt tasty. Then, yeah. yeah. I think then you did it wrong. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think not you like, specifically, but no, like but you, the, the, the cooker. Right. Right. Because I don't think it's supposed to taste like dirt. I, yeah. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to be theming it up for episode 18 so we can um, we can evaluate those and see which one we like the best. Right. So, okay. So we, I think we've covered everything. Is it time for spoilers? I think so. All right. Three, two, one. Spoiler alert. I don't even know know where to start. I know. It was like, oh my gosh. Let's start with characters. Okay. Yeah. Let's lay that out. I, okay. So just as, just as a premise that I, I feel like all the characters have the same personality. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Not necessarily a personality, but the same uh, manipulation, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, they're not. Nobody's being honest. No, but you don't. You don't realize that. The only one you realize who's not. The only one you get a good sense of who's not uh, necessarily a good person is Jane. In okay. the beginning. Yeah. Right. Well, because she's the narr- she's, she's the primary, primary narrator yes. forever. And oh, before you go anywhere, we should say Kelly read the print book. Oh yes, and I listened to the audiobook. Correct. And I, full disclosure, I like just finished listening to it yesterday because it was sixteen and a half hours long. <laughs> oh my god! So it was two hundred and seventy eight pages. I know, I but blew- everyone speaks in a slow drawl. <laughs> I I blew through that in a day and a half. I know, and I was really jealous because I needed to know what happened. <laughs> I, I blew through it in a day and a half because it's such a suspenseful book. You just yeah. want to know what's going on. So I feel like I would have been able to read this one, no problem. And and listening to it was great. Don't get me wrong, okay. but it's 16 and a half hours. For 278 pages? No, I just lied to you. It was 16 drives back and forth to work. Oh. Eight and a half hours. Okay, phew. No, that's okay. right. Because that's okay. what I, when I looked it up, I thought, okay, I can do that because I have 16 drives back and forth to work before we do the next recording. It was 
Eight hours, 39 minutes long. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I exaggerated. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So like we said about Jane, she's, you know, uh, she doesn't trust anybody. She's had a hard life. Uh, she's manipulative. She steals from the people she works with. Yep. Because she can. Uh, yep. Because she can. Because she wants it. That's mm-hmm. what she kept saying. I just want it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want. I just want. I want that bracelet. I want. <laughs> so I took it. I, right. Yeah. And um, so and she stages everything. Do you know what I mean? In, yes. in a manipulative way, she makes, she stages how she says something or whatever to get what she wants. Okay. So I'm going to, can I jump in here mm-hmm. with something? Because I, I, I struggled listening to this because of, of that, because of Jane's intention. I, I kept having to come back and remind myself that I, I don't think that Jane set out to walk dogs in this neighborhood to score a husband. No. I don't think that was no, her plan. No, I don't, no. And I don't, not. and I, and when she's, so she, you mentioned that she almost gets hit by gets hit by a car, and she's do, she does that because she's standing in front of her favorite house in this neighborhood with houses that we find out later in the book start at seven figures, and so you know there she's looking at this one that she loves, and it's like it's her favorite one, and and out of the driveway comes tearing this car with this widower or whatever, and she. Like, when she, when she, he invites her in for coffee, like, I don't think that she, at that moment, like, set her sights on him. But I, ca- I kept listening to the book as though she had. I think she's just an opportunist. And and I was being unfair. Right. It was very, I was very much kind of putting her in the same vein as, like, um, did you read The Last Mrs. Parrish? No. Okay. So... Ooh, I don't want to spoil that one. Anyway, I kept coming back to that book because there was a character in there who was out to get a rich husband. She didn't care who oh, it was yeah, or how. No. There was a character in there who, like, that was her goal. And I kept having to remind myself, like, Jane, like, Jane didn't set out for this. Like, she legitimately, like, had coffee with this nice man. They kickstarted a f- super intense, fast relationship. But she, I don't think that she was, like, trying to fool him. She wasn't being honest. But oh, no. she wasn't actively trying to trick him into marrying her. No, but she definitely wanted him. Absolutely. And so that's what she set her sights on. Yes. So, so he was another object. Yes. Okay. Yes, because just like okay. a bracelet. I agree with that there. Yes. She wanted him because she did, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's Jane. And he was available. And he was available. Mm-hmm. So Eddie, Eddie's the guy that pretty much ran her over that she decides to have this relationship where starts having this relationship is and you know he seems like the nicest guy very caring um and again it's like and who's narrating so she jane is narrating their relationship a lot of it yes Mm -hmm. um so you never get like inside eddie's mind Mm. till the till way late in the book yes yep yes And, and, and yeah and so and then when you get to that point you realize oh Goodness, they're like the same people. Yeah, because I have to tell you, until we got to his tiny portion of narration. Yeah, I mean, it was I very was really skeeved out by him. I was like, I didn't, I didn't trust him. I didn't like him. Well, there was like little things that started to be a tell, like, and it was late after they were in. Well, no, it was very early. Like he followed her one day. Yeah, to that creepy. Yes, to where, where she her used friend's to live. creepy apartment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, just the interaction between uh, her friend at the apartment and him. Mm-hmm. The tenseness in his body. And it's, and it's like Jane could sense his uncomfortableness, his anger, his... Uh, I don't know, whatever. She could always sense it, but she didn't really listen to. Yeah. In the beginning, she didn't really listen to that. Um, and then when the detective came to knocking on the door to question him about his wife's disappearance or tell him that, you know, um, he had that same tenseness or the fake charm, as mm-hmm. she called it, um, but knew that he was very nervous. Yeah. And this was excellent storytelling on the part of Rachel Hawkins because we were meant to believe that he had everything to do with the death of these women. Right. And, right. and I say women because part the part of the story is that um, two of the women in this neighborhood, B, who was Eddie's wife, and Blanche, who was her best friend, right. but who also lived in the neighborhood, right. died in this mysterious boating accident. And, um, and so I think through her storytelling, we are, as the readers, meant to believe that he's definitely if not responsible, involved. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Just, and again, from Jane's, like, impression of Mm -hmm. how he reacts to certain situations. And then, you know, she starts, she starts to not trust him. Kind of rightly so. I mean, he's doing some stuff that's, it's, like, the questions he's asking and, and, like, the whole scene with, um, did you take money out of the account? Yeah. But he, like, but he gave her a credit card and was like, what's mine is yours. Like, two minutes into their relationship, he's like, here's a credit card. Get what you need. And I'll give you access to my checking account. Right? I mean, who like, does and that? And that's a massive checking account. Because, okay, so the another important thing to know is that B had, she was a bajillionaire. She was the one with the money and the family in that relationship. Right. And her company was worth, like, tens of millions of dollars. And I think somewhere in the book we heard that her net worth was $200 million. Right. And um, so for him to just, like, literally give her a blank checkbook mm-hmm. <laughs> and a credit card mm-hmm. and said, go nuts, like, okay. But but then, but then he turns on a dime and he's like, wait, did you take money out of our account or out of the account? And she's like, well, I did. And we know she was trying to get cash together for, to pay off the blackmailer or whatever. Right. But that was... Well, it's almost like he was setting her up. Well... No, I mean, when you go back and think about, it, like, why would you give her access to your credit card and checking account... And then go back and question why she took money. Right. Or or you can do everything but no cash. Like, well, that's r- weird. Right. But but at that point in the story, I was like, oh, my God, they don't have anything. He is totally broke. Like, that's where I was going with this. Oh, really? He was broke and he... Okay. That he was broke and that he killed B for the insurance. However, the title was throwing me. The wife upstairs? Yes. So <laughs> I wasn't... Can we can we can we go on to the other narrators? Yes. Okay. So I wasn't so surprised when the narration of the story switched to B. Right. And we well, find out Well, because you had to expect that, right? Right. Because it's in the title. Exactly. So you knew that, you know. <laughs> so somewhere something wasn't adding up. Right. I wasn't sure how we were going to get there or, or you know, what can, was she in a coma? Was she did she have amnesia? Like what, you know, what was going on? But no, it turns out she was totally fine and he just locked her in a panic room. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so not totally fine, but but alive and well, but locked in a panic room. But the question becomes, why is she locked in the... Who... There's two sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Why is she locked in the panic room? Right. right. Because now she's narrating mm-hmm. 
her version of the events. Right. In the hopes that she's going to be able to use this written diary to get out of the room. Right. So now we're led to believe. And and after the twist, the November, four months after Blanche, oh. I was like, huh, why is she writing it that way? But it didn't occur to me that maybe Eddie didn't do it. It never occurred to me, too. Because, okay, good. <laughs> because, because it's just following what you're made to believe. Yeah. You know, yeah. he put her he put her up in the panic room um because she killed Blanche. That's exactly what I thought happened and now he's just trying to decide how to deal with it. Right. Yep, right. Right. So, yeah. But then <laughs> And I have to tell you. So, so every time there's a narrator change in the book, there was an audiobook narrator change. Oh, it really? was not the same voice for every character. Well, that's good. It was good. It's unusual, though. I mean, unless you're getting, like, a full cast audiobook, it's unusual to have it. There, but there were five narrators in this one. And so it was a little bit um, it was a little bit disconcerting when, like, when it was Jane's section and the Jane narrator was doing Eddie's voice. Oh. But then when it switched to the B section and the B narrator was doing Eddie's voice, like, that, I feel like they should have just done the Eddie actor. You know what oh, I mean? Like, right, the Eddie narrator. Right, right, right. But, um... So that was a little that was a little bit off putting. Um so I mean so much of the first half of the book was Jane. Oh, absolutely. And then right. you get in, and and I didn't I didn't feel like the narrator sounded like a 23-year-old. Oh, okay. I didn't, you know, and but I mean Jane was old for her age. Though she was 23, she lived a lot. She I I would, was. Yeah. But I mean, was, I don't know how she would come across. Like she wouldn't be a girly girly immature 23. No, that's true. Um, I, maybe I just maybe it was just the narrator. I mean, she was fine. Um, I just when I when I it switched to B and then came back to Jane, I found it jarring. Like initially, it wasn't oh, a big okay. deal, but then when I heard the B voice and then it came back to Jane's narrator, I was like, oh whoa, okay, that's different. And I mean, that's fine because you want to know who, you know who the people are, but I, um, you know, B B's narrator was very soft spoken and she she draw you know she drawled all her vowels and it was very like deep south and and then the person who did the blanche voice was the same way but like a little different i mean a little different but you you know you could tell where their origins were and and then in the mi- in the middle of the end of the story it switches to eddie <laughs> Right. I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? Yeah, because you really only get Eddie's version, a very brief version, towards the end when B is discovered in the panic room. Yes. And and uh, Jane has hit him with a pineapple, a, <laughs> st- a, st- a metal yeah. statue or something, pineapple, and he goes down and he's laying there on the floor. And that's the only time you ever get Eddie's version, that very yep. brief moment. And actually, that was my big gasp moment. It really was because I was like, <gasps> yeah. "Well, it wasn't that she hit him in the head." No, because I because she was at that point she would have believed anything anyone told her right. about him. Right. It was it was as he was crashing to the ground and said, "But she made a mistake too," and I kept waiting for like the narration to go on to like I grabbed her wrist or you know I I ducked the pine or whatever, but no, she hit him in the head and knocked him out, right. knocked teeth out and everything. Right. So it so it, like it took me a second to go. Whoa! Wait a minute! Like, 
she made a mistake because she shouldn't have knocked him out. And but it did, but that's not what we, I mean. She was this. Her storytelling was excellent because yes. I until that moment yes. fully believed he was guilty. Yes. Yep. And that and I fully believed when he came barging in and found B and and Jane together that he was going to kill them both. Kill them both. Right? Same. Yep. I yep. thought they were both goners. Yep. I was proud of her picking that thing up though and smashing him in the head. <laughs> well, I was a little bit surprised by that because I'm because there was no like I she just like picked it up. I mean, there was no like getting him a chance to say anything. No. He walked in the room and no. boom, she knocked him out. But ju- like us, Jane has been set up to believe yes. that Eddie is guilty. And she's been trying to fight this instinct right. the whole time. And she's on B's side yep. because she's been locked in this panic room. Yeah. And God, you know, it's she's so first petite one. and right. one. And, right. you know, why is she locked in here? <laughs> right. And yeah. And so it wasn't until when he said, but Jane made a mistake, too. And I thought, oh, here it is. They're, oh, God, he's going to he's going to get him. And then she knocked him out. And I thought, what does that? Oh, my. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So when she knocks him out, his teeth fly out. Yep, that's important. That's a very that's a very important uh, point, and you don't realize that until you get almost to the end. Yep, I mean, and you're almost at the end, but the last couple of pages, that's a very important point because, um, like Jane and B go downstairs and and have a glass of wine, to which discuss, was super weird. Oh, to discuss the plan. Yeah, and then you know, and the other fascinating thing about that discussion was, as B is telling her story. And this is the second time because Eddie did this to Jane too, but um, B talks about and I have to go back through which I can't find, but where she says something and and Jane's just thinking in her head, well, wait a minute, that's not what happened. Like right. she knows the deep, but here's B making up this whole other story. Yeah, and she realizes, but Eddie did the same thing when they were at the lake house because he slipped and said. Um, the memory mm, of that mm-hmm, night, you mm-hmm. know, blah blah blah. And Jane's thinking in her head, "Well, wait, wait a minute. The you only way, here. yeah, yeah. The only way you would have a memory is if you were here, but you yeah. weren't here." And she writes it off. To and just she like writes a it off. Speech, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but B does the same thing. Mm-hmm. She, you know, and Jane's like, "Well, wait a minute. That's not the way it happened." Yeah. By that time, she fig- she's got it pretty much figured out. Yeah, it was. I did not expect the twist to the twist to be that the wife upstairs was the psychopath <laughs> well gosh weren't they all the psychopaths in some well, way yeah, all right the murderous psychopath <laughs> right, okay <laughs> i was gonna say because you know come to find out b also killed her own mother right pushed right. her down the stairs yep um yep. killed blanche yep. yep um um actually killed one no jane's the one that killed her foster father well, didn't well, really yeah. kill him. She but didn't let him. She didn't save him. She didn't save him. Yeah. He was having a heart attack. She didn't give him his pills. You know, just let him go. Um, well, we should say, in her defense, she was a fifteen, an upset 16-year-old who had who blamed him for the death of her foster sister. Yes. Absolutely. Who was sick and right. they wouldn't take her to the doctor. Right. So she was exacting 16-year-old revenge. Right. Yeah. So so Jane and B are down having wine and... Uh, Jane wants to call the police. B says no. In the meantime, Eddie's upstairs in the panic room, and he apparently, since he built the house, there was this one way to escape, which I'm still, other than the fire. I think that's it. I think it's it. You like you set the fire alarm, but the but 
You set right, but you set the fire, and then but there was actual fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he started. I think the he fire. had to start the fire to get the alarms, alarms to, go, to off. go off. Yep. Okay. Or maybe it's to like unlock an, a secret exit. Yes. But but uh, B didn't know that. So when she heard the fire alarms going off, she, she thought she had to go up to get him out. out. Right. So it is entirely possible that Eddie was already out of the panic room before yes. they got up there. Right. But his teeth are found. That was the important part. Well, so the house burns down. Yes. Like, all the way. Jane gets out on her... She, you know, she claims, she's like, I did what I do best, and I ran. I, she, I didn't think right. about anybody else. I right. just got out of there. And the house is gone. Right. Except the teeth. But Except the teeth. But so you don't really ever know what happened to me. Like, because when the when she opened the door, it was like this flash. Yep. Which scooted Jane down the stairs from the power of the yep. whatever. And... uh but if B standing right there, you gotta. I don't know. No, I don't know. So that's that. I, that's left up in the air. Jane thinks they're together, somewhere, somewhere alive, secretly. Uh, so, yes. So let's talk about the will. Okay. Okay. Why would Eddie, knowing that B is alive, yes, change his will to Jane at a very early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was on before an they, it like accelerated timeline. Well, well the, when they were engaged, you know, it's like he did it right when they got engaged. I think he was feeling guilty because he says in his narration part that he was like he knew he knew based on his behavior with B, like because he was going to her in the panic room and they were sleeping together and he was yes. carrying on both relationships with his de- his quote unquote dead wife and his fiance, and I think that he just felt bad and so. I think maybe he had this is just me projecting. Maybe he had like an inclination that if something if 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 B did get him in some way or like if something happened to him then Jane was in in a way a bit of a pawn in his existence. But she was she was okay with that because it was what, she really liked the life they were living. Well, but um but I th- I do think it was like a guilty offering. Because she ended up walking away with all that money. She got all of it. She did. Although, doesn't it make you believe that somewhere they had some money stored offshore? Like, why would they just... Why would that happen? Right. If they didn't have any money anywhere. (laughs) Somewhere there's an account with some some money stashed, right? Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's like... And I felt... So sometimes in the book, I thought, it's a little too contrived. Yeah. I mean, the story's Agreed. a little too contrived, like, just the way everything kind of falls in place. It's like, like, um, this happens because of this or vice versa or whatever, you know. And it ended really fast. It did. Like, I feel like the ending, it, everything in, like, everything was a slow draw. <laughs> right. <laughs> up, until until the, up until the uh, flash, <laughs> and, then, right. and then, right. Yeah. Um, but I do... I want to say I I had an hour to go in the audiobook and I texted Kelly and I was like I have 1 hour to go. I'm going to be super pissed if the ending of this book is ambiguous. And I was like but don't tell me <laughs> cuz I want yeah, cuz I'm almost finished. And she didn't. She did not text me back. But then it kind of was. It, it kind was, of was ambiguous. It was like, ambiguous. Oh. I mean because then she spotted the people in the truck that she thought maybe were them. Right. But but she's swimming and around she in her $2 million, said, or $200 million. You know, about the hand on the one on yep. the guy. Like, it was all scarred and red and, you know, like he might yeah. have been burned. And because I just can't imagine. I can imagine him getting away. 
I can't imagine B getting away, just based on the blast from okay. her opening that door. I just can't imagine that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the, the author can do what she wants, I suppose. She can. But... I was, I was glad for Jane, and I feel like she learned some important lessons from this well, experience. Well, I would hope so. Because, like, she didn't run out and buy a house in Thornfields. Like, she, she bought a tiny, manageable house, right. and she's, you know, she's taking care of herself and whatever. I think that she learned some stuff from her relationship with, with Eddie. Um, and she got the dog, which was nice. Right. <laughs> so, right. But, um, yeah, it was... I, I'm going to go way back to where we started talking about the characters, because my own... <sighs> My only other real issue with this book was that I want I these women were really strong. Like they were like B built this business from the from the ground up and Jane's been in living independently like forever. Right. Right? They like they could take care of themselves, but they kept using the phrase like I and they okay, the language in this book was <laughs> was a lot yeah and so i'm just gonna say they use the phrase i effed up all the all the time and i was like but no you didn't like you're fine you're trust your gut like you're right but they kept they kept worrying that they like messed up with eddie and i was like i but why does he have that much control exactly right so i was a little and and more than once i was like listening in the car and i'd be like oh like well and you know together and the thing with eddie is he kept calling the women of the the girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jane actually corrected him and said, she called women. That. Yeah. And he just kind of, he scoffed and like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, sorry, women. But then admitted to being a dick. He said that. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's like that, so that tells me that he's got control issues too. Like he wanted yes. to patronize women yeah. or, you know, yeah, he doesn't have a high opinion of women. It just felt like they were very... Like they were very up and down. Like you know, one minute they're they're running a bajillion dollar company, and the next they're worried that they said too much, right? Right, and, and he left in a huff, and I was like, okay, but you right. like you were honest, and so <laughs> I don't know. I just like I felt a little bit iffy about some of their exchanges with him, but I, to be fair, it furthered the story, right? Like that's right. it was, that and that's was what I kind of mean, like a little bit contrived that way. It's yes. like there was purposeful things that were put in there to move the story yeah and yes sometimes those are more glaringly obvious than others you know mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. i am glad we read it because yes. i hadn't read a twisty one like this in quite some time but did you recognize the um similarities to rebecca oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Not the smallest of which was the house burned down. <laughs> the house burned down. The manipulation, which yes. you and I mm-hmm. maybe disagree a little bit on that. And Rebecca, <laughs> um, I don't disagree with you. I just didn't did catch, catch it. it. But this one is blatant. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, the fact that there was at one point where um, in the story of the neighborhood women recognize that Jane has changed and she looks a lot like B. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's not the scruffy i don't want to say she was scruffy but less polished yes Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden she comes one day to some event and she's kind of dressed like b kind of yep yeah so there's there was that and uh yeah yeah and the widower you know eddie 
Yeah, obsessed I still, with his. I still don't know where he thought, like how he thought this was going to play out. Like I really, well, I know, like what, what, what so he's going to keep being. <laughs> if none of this would have happened, and she right. wouldn't have found out, so what, what's what? You're going to keep being in the panic room forever? Well, and I, that was part of his narration portion, right? Was he was like he needed to figure out how they were going to get out of it. And in my head, I was like, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to let her out of the room. You're going to say that she like turned up after all this time. That she was found. She hit her head. Whatever, whatever. And you're going to go on with it. But he was very insistent that B would have the answer. So he was going to go talk it through with her. But he comes home to their house in shambles and Jane having found out about the panic room and right. has to change the plan on the fly. Right. Which just in that part, it just proved to me that he's a weak man. Yeah. That, you know, the women are actually, he's relied, I mean, B was the pants in the family, right? And was it because of the money? Well... I maybe, but he. You said this earlier. He was very much an opportunist. He yes. didn't. He, he in his portion, we discover that when they met in Hawaii, and B thinks was this was a coincidence, and it kind of was. But once he knew who she was and what she was he worth, her. then he yeah. I think the line in the book was she became a lot more interesting, right? And so he was he put some effort into getting you know into sweeping her off her feet then. Um. So. I, I don't know if it was just because in a similar manner to Jane, and I'm just sort of putting this together now, B has been taking care of herself for a while. She yes. went through the trouble of getting that scholarship to the boarding school and she got herself in and then, you know, just wanted very little to do with her family afterward. And then, you know, built this company, like legitimately. Oh, you know, absolutely. Like right. through talent and, right. and hard work and whatever. Right. And... So I think maybe it was just like she was the boss at work. Well, <laughs> so and you know, I feel like she they, was the boss everywhere. I feel like they all had they all recognized the kinship. Like they all had similar they just all had a kinship about they recognized in each other. Maybe. Because that's Jane, a good way of putting it. Jane and B were very similar in their B grew up with a mother who was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. father who was abusive, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Uh Jane was in foster care, not necessarily the best role models in foster care as parents and whatever, um, was on their own, realized that they only yep. could rely on themselves from a very young age. So there was that kinship. Mm-hmm. And Eddie, for whatever reason, gravitated to that type of woman, which is why yeah, B and Jane. Another thing that I didn't really understand i would have almost rather jane had killed someone for how much drama was surrounding her like who's calling from phoenix well yeah and I then when like, you find you're not a... in trouble <laughs> i know i know i i just felt that that was like <laughs> no i mean and added to this, this right and then you come to find it was kind of like a not necessarily well a letdown. maybe she shouldn't have dumped the pills down the sink and ground them up in the garbage right. disposal like maybe right. she shouldn't have done that but i was like i i i, I spent mo- most of the book believing that she had she had killed somebody. pushed him out a window or well, whatever I, but i felt that she had yeah, killed somebody absolutely. and she was on the run yeah yes. and she was outrunning suspicion yes but it, but yeah it wasn't yeah. quite as dire as the as the storyline was leading me to believe mm-hmm. so, so but it was a great fast read suspenseful book yep if you liked but, Gone Girl, if you liked The yes. Last Mrs. Parish, um, even uh, The Girl on the Train yep. has, if you liked Jane Eyre or Rebecca, right? <laughs> these, this would be a book for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was Be good. advised, though, if you don't like the F word, don't read it. I read that in a lot of reviews. I'm... It didn't bother me. I didn't I'm think it was a user them. of the word. I did frequently, but this I even felt like this was a lot. Really? I yep. guess I didn't I didn't come across with that. But let me tell you that when you're listening to it and every oh. time they're saying to it every time they're saying it and it's very it's emphasized, yes. right? Because she would be like, "Oh, I've effing messed it up" or Oh, I can't believe I effed, you know, and it's very Okay. It's like, I can it's, see that. It's coming it's coming through your speakers loud. Right. Um so I I I think that um, it was necessary in some of the instances, but it's but it is a, it, it's often. So just if you are someone who doesn't like that word, don't listen to it. Then you can just like right glaze over it. Because while you're it, yeah, it didn't strike me as any more than any other book that would have it. Yeah, in it, yeah. And I and I have noticed that sometimes when you're when you're listening to them, just because the narrator does that with their voice, then it's a little more like prevalent. But right. Um, but yeah, if you've got eight and a half hours, give it a listen. <laughs> or just read it in a day and a half. Right. <laughs> it's a little Do faster. That. So anyway, anyway, so that was good. Nice yep. work, Rachel Hawkins. For next time, we're going to talk about cookbooks. <laughs> and we'll have some treats and we'll evaluate those mm-hmm. at our next recording session. In the meantime, we'll be dropping new content onto litwithkellyandjacqueline.com. And you can follow us on Facebook um, to get updates and notices on when that new content is available. Um, if you're looking for an Alabama Slammer recipe, just search Alabama Slammer. There was like 20 <laughs> that came up. But the ingredients are pretty, you know, they were all similar. Slow gin, uh, Southern Comfort, orange juice, amaretto. So there it's you go. It's tasty drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kelly's got those nice glasses that keep everything really cold until the very end. So <laughs> there you go. All right. So we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks for episode 18. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.